Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by longtime St. Charles Country Club PGA of Manitoba professional Corey Cartouche. He currently holds down the titles of Director of Golf and COO. All right, well, super excited to be in the boardroom here at St. Charles. This might be one of the oldest boardrooms in golf in Manitoba, is it not? It, it, it might very well be. Never gave that a whole bunch of thought, but it might, it might very well be. <laughs> Hard-hitting questions right off the right off the start there. Um, but I also want to give a, a huge shout-out to a St. Charles member who is out on the course tonight, and that is Bryce Malachewski. He is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 204- 515-3446. And we also have his updated fax number in our show notes. So congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to fax at Bryce, you can, because <laughs> fax is a great uh, medium. Yes. I, 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 we, we, we've disposed of our fax many years ago, but if someone still has one, I guess they could send them one. <laughs> and also you and the family are going to get a custom 8-inch DQ cake from the Nick and Nicky group of DQs. You can check them out at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can also follow them at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. And before we jump into uh, you, Corey, I wanted to give a shout-out because this uh, little gentleman's dad sent a note to us through our Instagram DM, so feel free to uh, reach out to us. Hunter Oakton. He won the Manitoba Junior and the Bantam Championship last year for his age group, qualified for the 2022 FCG Callaway World Championship in Palm Desert, which is coming up in July, July 18th through 20th. And apparently only 20 Canadians have qualified for that. So he plays wow. at a Wheat City in Glendale. So shout out, uh, shout out, shout out to that little guy. Yeah, and We'll talk a little bit about another stellar junior in a little bit. Uh, just happens to be one of... Corey's spawn, but right. uh, first uh, let's... Uh, I was going to say, yeah. how hot is it going to be in... Right. <laughs> Where'd you say it was? At Palm Desert. Yeah, it's going to be hot in the middle of July. 120? But <laughs> they'll tee off at uh, 5 a.m., and I'm sure it'll be very... Uh, Cool. Hey, yeah. I can attest juniors will play in anything. That's I can attest true. to that much. Just put out some ice cream and some cold water, and hey, you're ready to go. Or chicken fingers. Chicken, chicken fingers, fingers. kind of got Kid. me through my entire junior career. <laughs> Kids love chicken fingers. Yeah, and we are going to be uh, dining here as well tonight, so thank you very much, Corey. We appreciate yeah, you that. You got it. But uh, let's get into you and how you got into this game of golf. Boy, um, uh, uh, you know, I've, t- I've told this story a few times, so I should be pretty good at it. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, a late starter at golf, uh, kind of had to, you know, just with a little bit of an injury, nothing serious, but had to kind of 
stay out of contact sports at the age of 15. So got golfing when I was 15 years old and uh, was a uh, what I would call an unattached junior at the Wascana Country Club. So my parents mm. parents weren't members, but they allowed a certain amount of kids to come play. So fortunately, I got in. And uh, I was really bad, like really, really bad. And I, I tell this story because it, it means a lot to me because I remember being on the golf course about, I had to be about 12 or 14 games in, had to be close to the end of May, and I was still really, really, really bad. And uh, I was so bad and so frustrated that I, I walked over to two holes across and I had met the pro a couple times before, but I walked over onto the golf course, which I shouldn't have done. It could have got him later, but, um, and, and just asked him if he'd like, please give me a lesson because I was struggling. Like I just stunk. And so he was kind enough to say, Hey, uh, uh, meet me on the range. And his name was Graham Coulter. He's still a good friend of mine. Uh, uh, and he was nice enough to say, well, meet me on the range Sunday at nine o'clock. And so that Sunday I show up nine o'clock and uh, he, I guess he had seen me at the club a little bit before and, and knew I was kind of trying to work hard at it. So I'm on the driving range and uh, we meet out there. He gives me a lesson and he goes, well, we'll see you next Sunday at nine. And I'm like, mm. okay, sweet. Like I, I, I didn't ask at that time, but he wants to get together and I'm good with that. And so after next Sunday at nine, he goes, we'll see you next Sunday at nine. I said, well, you like you have to charge me for this. I said, so, so how much are they before I start committing to weekly lessons? Right. <laughs> and he goes, uh, they're no charge. He goes, I see that you really want to get good. So I want to help you. So every Sunday we're going to meet at nine o'clock. Wow. And I'm wow. like, well, that's, that's not a bad little start here. Like, it's, yeah. it's nice of him to do that. And, uh, so I'm forever indebted to Graham. I, I worked at the Wascana mm, until 1990. 1999. So I, I, I ended up playing there for my junior career and then worked in the pro shop and became a pro there and worked for Graham. So, uh, you know, indebted to him, not just for that, but for his leadership and mentorship, uh, getting me into the golf industry. And uh, I will say this shout out because I have many friends who are still members of the Wascana and many friends who have moved on from there, but that was by far the most fun a human could ever have at work in their entire life. Mm. Um, almost went home with stomach pains laughing so hard some days. So <laughs> we had a lot of fun working there as well as I, I hope we did a reasonable job. Um, but some nights uh, we didn't. <laughs> so um, you have to have a little empathy for your staff, younger staff when they don't have their best show on because I wasn't perfect either. Um, but uh, but from there, um, I moved on and I, I worked a year at uh, Carlton Golf and Yacht Club for another amazing golf professional who I only spent a year at Carlton. Um, my wife and I really enjoyed that, but we didn't really, we weren't really just a fan of being that far away from her family and mm. my family and, and, and out East. It just wasn't a fit for us. But Graham Gunn was my, my pro there and he is, uh, and still is a, a extremely close friend of mine. We, we talk all the time. He himself is an outstanding human. And, and, and in fact, it's 68 years old. He just shot 67 to win the first no Ottawa Valley zone of end of the year. Wow. I think I've got my numbers right, but the guy can play golf better better than any yeah. any club pro over the age of 60 that I know like he is just an amazing player but a, a better person so I, I am so fortunate to spend a year with him and then um, as funny as the story goes we were we were sitting in our uh, apartment um, or our condo in Ottawa and I'm kind of like oh geez I gotta go I got to figure out what I'm going to do back home because I hadn't figured it out, but we knew we were going to leave. And it wasn't, again, because of the job. It's just, it just wasn't a fit for us. So I'm sitting there contemplating what I'm going to do with my life and the phone rings. And 
person picks up and, or I pick up and a person on the other end goes, hi, Corey, how are you? And I'm like, well, I'm fine. I'm like, who is this? (laughs) And he goes, it's Mike Sherman. And I'm the pro at St. Charles Country Mm -hmm. Club. And uh, I kind of heard through a couple of my reps that you might be looking to come back out West and I'd like to chat with you. And I'm like, I've never met this guy. Like never. (laughs) Right. So I end up, uh, I end up uh, getting in my car about a week, week and a half later, met him at a restaurant in Kingston, kind of halfway between Toronto and Ottawa and bang, here I am at St. Charles. So uh, that was a really fortunate break for me in my life. And, uh, you know, two years of being associate here, Mike moved on to, uh, uh, become the head professional at Rosedale golf club in Toronto. And so I was fortunate enough just to, you know, to not have gone through a selection process and the, 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 the board and, uh, Cameron Gray, the manager at the time, uh, decided to hire me. So that was great. And so, you know, uh, 20 years later, 21 years later, here I am, and uh, lucky enough to have made another kind of, I would say, not career change, but just a little diversion, and now I kind of oversee all the operations here at the club. Yeah, well, and that's uh, that might tie the record for the longest biography that we've had to start the show, so we appreciate that. <laughs> you're, Eric yeah. Johnson, your local friendly tailor-made rep, he had a really long one, too. A long one. That was impressive. Oh, what about Sandy Kersiva? Oh, well, Sandy, yeah, that's a different... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's expected. Diff- yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Sandy. <laughs> Love you, Sandy, and he's got a show coming up. He does have a show coming up, yeah, so uh, check our Instagram, and we'll, uh, we'll keep... Plug in Sandy because I'll be down yeah. there for sure. He's going to save me a few beers and a ticket, which means uh, July twenty second at yeah, the Boneyard there. Yeah. So, so we expect to see you down there. But that's that's a fantastic kind of just kind of how things come together. Now you've spent twenty one years here, which is you know astounding when you didn't even know this guy calls you up and now yeah. you're here and the rest I guess you could say is is history. And kind of turning back the clock a bit, when you started with, did you have a hand-me-down set of clubs? Or do you even remember like your first legitimate set of clubs that you had? Yeah, I, well, I, do, I do. I remember that I went, my dad took me to the Murray Golf Course because he was friends with the pro there. And I bought a set of glued together tour models. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with the brand, I understand why. But uh, I played with those for a year and then kind of got good enough to get a, a big boy set. Mm. And, uh, so, uh, um, yeah, tour model, tour model two, actually. So it was the, it was the better edition of the tour model okay. line. Ooh. Yeah. So <laughs> right on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have them anymore. I pretty much keep every set I ever owned, but not that set. <laughs> well, is that, so is your office in the pro shop or is it in the club house here? My office is in the pro shop. Oh, okay. So, yes. so is that where you store all the clubs? Are they at home? Uh, they hang around at home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a separate room for them? them? No, no, no. I, a few I've gotten rid of, but I do. I am a little nostalgic that way. I've still got my original. I, I went through three sets of these, but I used to play Ram Tour Grinds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like those old Tom Watson yes, thingamabobs, yeah. right? They were phenomenal. I've still got a set, and uh, I haven't hit them in a while, but uh, they're still the best looking iron I've seen, that's for sure. I know Mikey's looking at chomping at the bit there. No, well, no, you know. I know you're, you're a historian. Well, I am a historian. <laughs> so I wanted to get into a little bit of the history of the club because I think <laughs> sure. that's that's super interesting. And I, I'm sure you you know a lot about the history of the club. Or, I, I or try s- to know a bit, but there we have a few people around here, Ken yeah. Mould in particular, who is our club historian, who ooh, he he beats me up when it comes to club so history. So you actually do have a club historian. Like, is it a legitimate title that we, he's a club historian? Yeah, he is our oh, club okay. historian. So he, uh, he does, uh, you know, it's a wonderful service 
service to the club and mm-hmm. he's so keen about it and not just that but golf architecture as well so he's a he might be he might be the most knowledgeable amateur golfer about the game of golf that I know by wow. a, by a country mile actually <laughs> he's quite a quite a studied human when it comes to architecture history of this club history of golf rules anything right. mm. amazing right and and probably because i mean this is this course has so much history that maybe he started looking into it or he he uh he already loved the golf architecture before coming here um yeah i don't really know ken's history at all but yeah but. i think his passion for the game just exudes almost into every arm that the game offers to, <laughs> to know something about right yeah, amazing. I mean, with the the Ross and the McKenzie here, I mean, just so much history. Um, and I wanted to get into the McKenzie Society because sure. I thought that was super mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> yeah, I did it some, is. some research on that today. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, wow. So Ken and uh, was re- pretty much responsible for getting us into the McKenzie Society in 1997. Mm. He and uh, our club pro at the time, Jim Collins, and... Oh, I got to remember Wayne Leslie, another club captain here, and one other person. I just, I'm sorry, I forget who. I wasn't here at the time, so I can think I can be forgiven for that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, they went down to uh, Green Hills Golf Club in uh, San Francisco to a McKenzie event and kind of made a presentation for us to be involved in society and whammo, we're, we're, we're in. And uh, we are the only Canadian club. We are the only Canadian club with uh, 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 any a nine or 18 holes designed by Alistair McKenzie. And this, this society that we're in, I tell you what, like pinch me, how unbelievable it has just the opportunity that it's given, not just our club, but, you know, selfishly myself as well. Like the clubs that are involved are, the list is, what's the list is the who's who of golf. Like mm-hmm. we, we, we have been yeah. so fortunate to play. Cypress Point, Royal Melbourne, Augusta, St. Charles. Augusta's not in the society. Oh, they are not in the that. society, but yes, mm-hmm. that is a McKenzie, but oh. yes, St. Charles, like Titterangi, uh, Cork right. in Ireland, Allwoodley, Moortown in England, uh, the jockey club in South America and in, in, in Argentina. Um, Boy, like uh, the list goes, and, and then you go to California, you go past the Temple, Claremont, Meadow Club, Green Hills, Valley Club, like, like just, and every year, except for the past two, because of the pandemic, we go as a team of eight here from the club and play in what I call is the world's greatest amateur golf event Yeah, that is not competitive. Hmm. Because it's the, some people are competitive. You're right. we're, we're, we're not overly competitive. <laughs> we, go there, we just go there to have a good time and experience the you know the, mm-hmm. the, the joy of playing, you know, uh, the joy of playing a properly routed and designed golf course. Which there's more than just McKenzie designs, but mm-hmm. there's a huge difference between a properly routed golf course that's designed very well and just a golf course. Mm-hmm. And 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 all of the golf courses that I listed, I think I hit them all. I missed Crystal Downs in Frankfurt, Michigan. Um, all of them are amazing. Like just amazing golf courses. So it was our inspiration for renovation really That's ultimately great. is is seeing what they were able to do with their restoration mm-hmm. projects and going, well, I saw we, need that, to put the, uh, we need to put our foot in the gas here. Mm-hmm. So that you guys hosted in 2004 and won in 2004 and then most recently in 2017, <laughs> I think it was 2004, but 2017 you guys most recently uh, uh, hosted. So I bet that was pretty cool to um, show off, you know, St. Charles and yeah. you know, really... Yeah, it, it is. It is cool to have all of those folks in town, and it's a it's a big undertaking, but it's worth the effort. There's no doubt about it. But it's it, yeah, it's really neat because a lot of them are uh, most of them are very well traveled and very engaged in the game of golf 
from not just playing, but they're, they're, they're people who are really uh, studied on McKenzie architecture and or just really have a passion for playing great golf courses. So mm-hmm. the conversations you have of, you know, where have you played and what do you like about this golf course? Such, such. So there's just, it's just a great three, four days that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even having played it last year, so we had a uh, shout out to Rodney. Rodney Olofsson, who uh, brought us out, and we got to play both the Ross and uh, the Mackenzie 9. And the one thing that I didn't realize is when you stand on the tee there, you see, where the hell am I going to hit this ball? You just mm-hmm. see bunkers, bunkers, bunkers. But then when you're on the green and you look back, you don't see the bunkers anymore. Yeah. So like, well, that was an easy hole. How come I shot eight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's just a spectacular thing to think of it that way, like psychologically, and how you mentioned right. routing a, a golf course is a little bit more intricate than maybe people think or respect. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I always say there's, there's certain number of golf courses in the world that when you put on an 18, you can't wait to play it again. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, there's, I've played a few of those and then it's, it's, it's an, it's a privilege to play them, but uh, you know, it's not that there, there's bad golf out there because anytime you're on the golf course, you know, playing the game with the right people, uh, people you enjoy, it's a wonderful experience, but there's an elevated experience when you play a golf course that's that that is a, just a, a really intelligent and 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 well-rounded golf course. Mm-hmm. Did you have any more questions on no, that? No, but I know you, you usually were, do. Well, what's yeah. what's kind of wild was I started doing some research on on you, Corey, and then I kind of went down a McKenzie hole, and then I yeah. then I just researched McKenzie into what Jr. was saying about not being able to see those bunkers or different aspects of a hole from the tee box. Or from the green, yeah, when you look back. Right. Yeah. Oh, from the green. Yeah, looking back. Yeah. But yeah. he said, but he was like, oh, I was, or the article I was reading was he was in the military and uh, they used these camouflage techniques. Yeah. yeah. And that's how he designed ah. these holes. So it was very that interesting sense. to learn about that. But yeah. No, yeah. that's all I had on uh, Mr. <laughs> McKenzie. As I, I look behind Corey here, there's two pictures of him glaring at us and I can see it. I can see his eyes moving or at yeah, least yeah, one yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he's always watching over. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the undertaking then or the impetus to move forward with the restoration? Was it seeing, being part of the McKenzie Society and seeing what the other restorations uh, looked like? Or was it just something that you guys had on on the back burner for a while and finally like, okay, let's do this? Yeah, there, there there's, there's a few things that contribute that all added up. Number one, um, I shouldn't say number one, but I'll say this first is, uh, you know, every golf course's infrastructure uh, gets aged, mm-hmm. right? And bunkers age and irrigation ages, right? And w- w- we're due on both our Ross McKenzie nines for those two things. And those are the two high cost items, right? right? Um, and turf ages. So we're replacing all of our turf uh, oh, with really? bent grass tees, fairways and greens. Mm-hmm. So, um, so turf ages as well. And, 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 uh, you know, it gets a little harder to take care of when it's poana infested or you have four, you know, on our fairways, you know, over time, just other grasses take over. We have four different types of grass on our fairway. Mm-hmm. So it gets harder to manage, but the other yeah, the the influence of the McKenzie Society and having uh, a, a you know a certain amount of our members experience um, fully restored designs is also was also part of that because it made you realize, start to realize that, you know both of our nines are they're they're wonderful to play and they're they're great golf courses like uh, you know out for three holes tonight with my daughter and it's great you know mm-hmm. like like they're, they're great condition and you know a lot of great stuff but but when you start to see what other golf courses where they were and where they became after restoration, you start to go, oh, well, that's different. 
Mm. And sometimes when you play a golf course every day for your whole life, or you you know you're here for 20 years, you you kind of lose track. It's like your your kitchen, right? right. Yeah. Sometimes your kitchen <laughs> yeah. gets to a point where you're, you're you're used to it, but then your guests come over and. Oh, your kitchen's getting a little old. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I never really noticed that, right? You know, or you used to go to sell yeah. your house and your realtor tells you, right, oh, right. you better update the kitchen. Or you know, <laughs> anyhow, so, so there's that. And then like an interesting story, when we were at, at Claremont Golf Club, Jim Urbina, our architect, uh, did a presentation for the McKenzie Society on the work he did at Claremont. And I had the privilege of playing Claremont pre-restoration, post-restoration. Mm. And the difference was stunning. Like absolutely stunning. And Jim's passion that he showed for the work that he did there was, had the entire crowd just like on the edge of their seat listening to this guy. And, and, and you're sitting there and I, I'm sitting with a few of our members and I'm, I walk away and I go, how do we not explore this guy when we decide to do renovation. Like, how is it possible that we don't explore this guy with the great work he did at Past Temple, the great work he did at Claremont, you know, all these other golf clubs, and we got to bring him to, to Winnipeg here. And so a few years later, it so happened that the club gave Jim a call and he was interested. And so we chatted for a bit and whammo, we were, we were very fortunate to have Jim kind of uh, be able to take the time to come to Canada to to you know, take care of our Mackenzie Ross restoration. So is he overseeing the whole thing? Like, does he work with Braden? We had Braden, uh, the superintendent yep. on last year. So is that kind of a, I mean, I don't know if cohesive group is the right thing, but it's kind of a, a team effort in yeah, that sense. It, it is. And that's the beauty of it is that Jim has um, Riley Johns, Canadian architect, mm -hmm. Uh, working with him on this, these two projects, and Riley is, is is taking care of a lot of the shaping. But him and Jim, you know, certainly share ideas on, you know, what changes or little tweaks they're going to make to the to each hole as they approach it. But they work intricately with our our superintendent, who is amazing at what he does. And the, the beautiful part of that relationship is Jim shows a high level of concern for Braden being able to take care of the golf course after Jim and Riley are right. gone. And that is so important, right? Because it's it's easy to design something, but but you may leave the golf course in a lurch with some issues that you're not able to maintain or or very labor intensive that costs you a lot of time and labor that wasn't required, right? right? So it's not that Jim's design is going to compromise towards making the golf course easy to take care of, but there has to be a balance between the two. And, and so they are in constant communication with Braden about what they're doing on the golf course. Yeah. The neat thing I read about Riley in the, in the, in an article was that he had won this, was it the, is it a course design uh, contest that the society puts on? Oh yeah, on? he won the Lido. Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah. pretty good. I'm not sure how long ago that was, or was he younger then? And you know, I'd have to ask Riley when that was, I know that he did win it, but I forget when it was, but it, that's quite a neat award because you know, you, you do a design of a golf hole and, da, da, and then the McKenzie mm. society picks up and then you get to come to the McKenzie society event yeah. and play, Oh wow. yeah. which is, which is really cool. Like <laughs> if you're a Canadian and maybe you, if you win the Royal Melbourne year, that's not a bad little trip. For sure, yeah. yeah. So, so the McKenzie Society uh, tour relates. Is it every year? It's at a different course, and you get invited. All the McKenzie yeah. courses who are part of the society get invited to come play. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's every year. Okay. And it's an eight-man club team. <laughs> so you got your society director. It says, yeah, head professional. You did some good research. Yeah. I've never heard that before. But <laughs> the uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I don't know much about golf. I just can research is, is my line. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Society director, golf professional, which would be you. Yeah. 
club champion. Yeah. And then historian. Yeah. Which you mentioned. And then uh, there's a flighted uh, comp- uh, competition, right? Yeah, we get four. We have four um, uh, uh, um, members that qualify every year, so they Perfect. they get on the golf course and play off. And mm, thank you, we're some getting years, fed here at the same time. Served. Yeah, <laughs> yes, thank wonderful. You in the best way possible. <laughs> um, some years those qualifiers get fairly intense because when you're playing off to go on a trip to the McKenzie side, if it really means something to the two people playing off, absolutely, you, really, can, yeah. you can feel the tension. Um, so it's a uh, it's a fun day because yeah. it's a one day one day qualifier. That's thank awesome. You. That's that's very cool. Yeah, yeah you could, thank you guys. Thank you. <laughs> we take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to uh, to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me, and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple, uh, just based on my the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Yeah, d- discount brokers like Wealthsimple uh, certainly have their place, uh, but at, at the end of the day, you get what you you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer, and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform for that. But what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs, uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades. And so finding balance is, is another key thing that we do for our clients at, at Endeavor. That was Bryce Malashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I mean, yeah, just to be able to play uh, any of those, you know, iconic courses that we mentioned before. Like, it's it's not every day you're going to get on to Royal Melbourne or Cypress Point or any of the courses that you mentioned. I think there was 15 of them uh, in the, mm-hmm. in the uh, society there. So, Yeah, which is very uh, impressive. But you mentioned they have to be a part of the society in order. So it's just McKenzie people or McKenzie courses that decide to be a part of the society. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's, a, it's a, <laughs> yeah. there's, I, I don't believe that they're entertaining any of their offers because the golf course yeah. is quite busy yeah. with, with 15 teams of eight. Right. But, um, Sorry, uh, Augusta. We're lucky to have snuck in, but you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they would entertain an offer from someone who came by that was qualified. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> where they're at with that. <laughs> well, kind of uh, steering the wheel back to yourself and in your biography, you're kicking off the show. Um, was there a point in time where maybe it was someone who said something to you or you just figured it out that I may be good enough or I want to make golf my career? <clears throat> Well, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I would say most people back in my uh, day, 
just golf industry is changing and, and for the good. But back in my day, um, I think most of the guys who got into the industry had some form of skill at the game, right? We're, we're pretty good at a time. I, I'm not one to say that I was any good at any point in time, but <laughs> I, I guess I was all right for a certain period. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, I, I, you know, I never really ever tootled with playing. I was never that good. I was, I, I, I maybe I, I was too realistic and didn't give myself enough of a chance, but no, I, I, I never tootled with playing, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, it was almost like, it was almost like you couldn't leave, right? Like uh, the golf course was so fun for me and working with the people that I worked with was, was so enjoyable. And when I worked for Graham Coulter at the time, you know, one of the biggest attractions was that like he, he was a business owner at the time, like he owned, he owned the pro shop. Mm. And I had an interest in, in, in owning a pro shop. I really wanted to be that guy who, who had the responsibility. And, you know, if I did a good job for the members, I was rewarded through their loyalty. And I, I wish there was more of that in the industry uh, now, because I, I think we're missing something there. And I think clubs are missing something if they don't have their pro owning the golf course. I could go on for about four hours about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that was what really attracted me. And, and it was the combination of, wow, I can own a business but also come out to this environment every day, right? So I guess I just kind of got stuck. You know how those guys go skiing in Banff for a week and then they end up oh, yeah. working there for 30 years? Uh, that might've been me <laughs> at a golf course. So do you still own the pro shop then? Is it still here? Because you're the director of golf and COO. Yeah. So what does that all encompass then for you? Like what does your day-to-day kind of look like? Mm, well, it's certainly, certainly taken on a bit more. You know, I, I, I guess I oversee the entire club, but oversee is probably the word that I, I like to use the most because, you, you know, because of my strength in golf, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have to, you know, I, I put a priority on, 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 you know, who's working here in the clubhouse. And uh, I think that Robert Shedden, our clubhouse manager, has done a, an amazing job with with Ainsley and Devin and Rain and the entire team in here. Um, and, 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 they've really taken charge of this building and, and the food service and the entertainment and the events we put together for the members. So, you know, that's, I'll be clear that like, like that's not my expertise, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I have a vision for what that should be at a private club and what our members want and, mm-hmm. you know, share that with, with the team. But so that is not my strength. I can eat what's in front of us. I'm really good at that. <laughs> but if you're asking me to, to, to cook it or serve it or anything like that, I'm, I'm a little lost there, but, um, you know, it, it's so that's a bit of a different model, I think. And, and but you are seeing more golf pros take over these roles. Mm. And I would say that, not to shun any of my fellow golf pros, but I don't think many of them are truly qualified in food and beverage when they first take over the right. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but you know, it, it was just the opposite when you know, twenty years ago, the majority of club managers were not golf pros, so they relied on the golf pro to mm. to be you know to kind of take care of their side while they took care of the clubhouse, right? Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of flipping that over a little bit, right? It's not that I don't pay attention to this place or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's just that uh, I keep my fingers, you know, I'm, I'm, my expertise is the golf operation. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. So it's it's great because I get to work more hand in hand with Braden than I did in the past. And, and I just, I, I think the world of Braden and um, I get to learn a lot about what happens in this building. And, uh, and that's been a lot of fun, but primarily I still keep my, I still own the pro shop and I still teach and I still get to keep my hands in what I really, you know, what I really got in this business for, which is to be a golf pro. Nice. And uh, I know you probably came up around the time of uh, Dale Sopenko, who he's mentioned a lot first season 
And uh, <laughs> every just, episode. Yeah, every episode, yeah, I think, because that's where, where I got my start in golf at Assiniboine. And, you know, having his, his daughter on Bailey last season as well uh, with, a, you know, another great episode. But I, I always think of that. That was my first, I guess, introduction to the golf pro shop. And I just thought that's how every golf pro shop should be. Come to find out that was not the case mm-hmm. <laughs> with the amount of inventory <laughs> uh, or anything like that. But uh, do you have any stories or do you remember, like, did he kind of set the tone here for what maybe a pro shop should or shouldn't be for that matter? I never got to know Dale, but I remember two things. I never got to know him really, really well. I was, I was, uh, you know, just never, he was a little bit of more of an industry veteran when I was a right. young guy here. But first of all, I remember driving down the road when I first got to Winnipeg and I'm listening to his commercial, you know, where in the world yeah. is. And I'm just, <laughs> See, I told you it existed, Mike. Yes. I told you. We're we still looking it. for that clip, but yeah. I, I haven't heard it. So. Someone's got to have that because yeah. it, it is legendary because I, I just like, wow, there's not many golfers who advertise on radio. So that's, that's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a guy again, owns a shop to go in a little bit of an extra mile. But I remember being in the Manitoba buying show and, uh, you know, we were at the time, I, I guess, uh, Mike Sherman, the pro was looking for kind of a, a mid to low end set of golf clubs to sell at the club, a line. Mm. And he's like, why are we talking about this? Let's just go ask the expert, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pulls over SO. SO, what's the best selling kind of set in this price range? And he just rattles it off right away. And that's what we bought. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't, we, we saved a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah, he was legendary in that sense too. Yeah, just the the amount of stuff that he had, and he knew his stuff. Oh, he and sure that was, did. That was impressive thing. And you know, and, and he sold to his market, right? Which yes. is which is what he had to do. Yeah, it was very smart, and that was the one thing too. And uh, you know, kind of, it was a semi-private course at the time, but just how the way that he treated members and even guests that would come to the club, which was pretty uh, pretty special. And I'm sure that's you know something that uh, you've maybe figured out through your career of you know servicing members, servicing guests, and is that something like, do you, do you end up even training like the staff on any of this stuff or you just kind of hire managers or professionals and just say, Hey, we, we trust what you do. Uh, well, no, you, like, you, you know, yeah, you, you have a vision mission, right? Mm-hmm. You have your core values and you know, uh, you, you, you communicate the expectation. You, you like to think, I hope that I lead by example. Right. And I think they take a lot off your, off of your interactions and how you interact. Right. But, uh, for the most part, when you're hiring a golf pro, you know, they, they, they have a sense of what people need and want when they, when they come. And it's the same at every club. You, you might think that, you know, a place like St. Charles or Niagara is a little more elevated than other places. And, 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 and there are certain things that we do are elevated people. And, but, but on the other hand, they're just golfers and, you know, you gotta, you gotta be, I would say genuine about, genuine about wanting to take care of them. Hmm. And if you aren't genuinely, you know, motivated to take care of people and their needs relative to golf or the service at the club, I, I, you ultimately fail at the job, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've got to be genuine and actually like what you're doing in this environment because mm-hmm. it'll shine through to real quick. I'm sure you can hide in an office cubicle for a very long time, hating your job mm-hmm. and, and, and carrying on, right? And just getting your tasks done and going home. Corporate survivor, but, we call them, yeah, corporate survivor. Yeah, but when you're, when you're in front of uh, 300 people a day mm-hmm. and your job is to interact with them, if you're not passionate about what you do, you, it's going to be a short career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I wanted to take a quick break here and talk about what we're eating. Because, mm-hmm. Mike, what did you get there? Sure. I got a, a Korean chicken burger. I don't have the exact title. <laughs> Korean barbecue chicken burger. Very good. It looks good. Very it has good. a nice crunch to it. Oh, yeah. See Let's if we can get a crunch on there. I don't think we've... 
Oh yeah, actually we got it. Mm. That sounded very good. And I have the the fish and chips. I am a fish and chips sucker. Everywhere I go, I'll have fish and chips. And we even got branded St. Charles napkins here too. That's mm-hmm. very good. That's pretty special. My burger bun is branded St. Charles. Yeah, should take a picture of that. We will. Yeah, before I eat <laughs> before it. Before you eat it. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. what do you have there, Corey? While well, your mouth is full. I got the the fish tacos. I'm a bit of a, a fish guy as well, so yeah, I can't okay. resist. Not out back. No. No. Okay. We we did not pull the catfish out of the water and fry it up for you guys tonight. Okay. That's good. Uh, well, on that uh, front, so then do you oversee or do you actually hire or does the board get involved on in hiring, say, the chef mm. that works here? Uh, no. Well, when it came to rain, um, yes, that was my duty because uh, mm. um, our clubhouse manager at the time wasn't here yet okay. um, in place. But uh, that was an easy one because he's a very talented chef and uh, he had worked here for the club at the club for 14 or 13 years prior. So that was uh, to me an easy one. And uh, but now, you know, uh, you know, when we go down the road to hiring any of our senior staff here in the clubhouse, Robert will be uh, what Robert will have the, 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 the controls on that. I'll be involved mm-hmm. to a certain point, but he'll have the controls on that. And is there still then a board that's of shareholders of the club that mm-hmm. work hand in hand uh, w- with yourself? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And so they get to in on, you know, when these restoration things happen or maybe clubhouse updates, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, uh, intricately involved. Yeah. You know, we, we you know, uh, yes, our board is uh, very involved and, uh, you know, they are owners of the golf club, mm-hmm. right? So uh, very involved and supportive of our staff. And it's, it, that's been a great ride as well. But, you know, when it comes down to, you know, um, deciding to do renovations or, mm-hmm. or spending significant amounts of mm-hmm. money or even some smaller decisions, it's, it's awesome to have a group of members, uh, uh, you know, to, to have support you and have uh, run feedback or get feedback from because, um, you know, they, they, they also have a great uh, kind of ear to the ground as to what, club needs to be wants to be and what our members want and even when we were walking up here i think there was an outside event so is that something that you handle as well like how busy is you know st charles the golf club uh say the clubhouse when you're hosting other outside events or there, maybe there's membership events um, whether it be weddings or just yeah our, uh, office corporate gigs our our, our yeah our events are are, are are at this point in time uh, they have to be kind of come through the membership mm-hmm. so that would be you know you know what whatever type of function our members want to have here with their with their office with their family something like that we mm-hmm. we, we take on all of those right for them and uh, happy to do so but uh, you know we're, we're primarily we're, we are very member focused here but we do have quite a few large events like for example. We run. Uh, we have two events here at the club: the Vipon and the St. Charles Invitational, that uh, that raise a significant amount of money for charity every year. About total, about two hundred fifty thousand a year we do for charity wow, through nice. those two events. So, you know, the members here we do have a lot of events, but they're they're primarily member focused, and um, they do uh, they're they're fantastic at supporting them. Mm. No, you were looking at some more of your sheets there, Mike. Um, also, Mr. Research. Mr. Research. <laughs> Did you well, end up taking a picture? I did take a okay, picture, so I was but I did eat half of <laughs> the burger first. So I don't know. It's not like your pick. I'm sure uh, your chef there is going to be like, oh, you took a picture of <laughs> right. a half-eaten burger. We'll have to order one more burger and then take a picture of it. It's meant to be eaten. You should be happy. But uh, we, we've been talking about membership here and, and uh, treating members and 
events, uh, but they also have access to uh, the practice facility, the performance center. Mm -hmm. We talked about it last year with Derek Goodwin. I called it a golf laboratory, Um, Mm -hmm. but maybe just give us uh, a recap of everything involved with that. We, you know, you got the, the trackman range. Yeah. Um, and well, you, you explain it. It's your, your performance lab and I want to hear about it again. Sure. Um, boy, I, what would I say about our performance center there? Uh, it sometimes shocked me that there aren't more around. Um, I, 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 I can't imagine teaching or coaching without it. Um, it allows us to house all of the technology we, 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 we want to have without having to take it down and set up every time, which is nice and convenient. But the most important thing about that performance center is what it has done is it's made the private lesson actually private. Mm. When you take golf lessons for a lot of people, and I would be one of those people, right? Like if I'm stepping out, say I'm going to take a tennis lesson. Yeah. I'm not so sure I want to take my first private tennis lesson in front of 20 other golfers or, or tennis players practicing tennis. Right. Mm -hmm. So what it does, it it allows for one-on-one time with our golf pro in a private setting. And it makes our students, what I feel is a lot more comfortable in that situation and allows them to focus on the process as opposed to the outcome. Because the outcome gets sometimes scary when you're trying a new skill, right? Trying to learn a new skill. And so they just being in that, in that environment has really done, I think a lot for our our, our instruction programs more so than the technology that's in the studio. That's Although that's a lot of fun to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, JR and I got to experience that the, the TrackMan range and we mm-hmm. downloaded the app. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then we were, you know, hitting balls there and that was so, um, you know, you get so much information out yeah. of that, that you're not getting at a normal range. You're getting your distances, you, know, you select which cub, club you use. And then beyond that, the, the games involved with that, mm-hmm. uh, it makes the range fun. And I'm, I'm not a, a range guy. I don't like going there and practicing. I can understand it will make me a better golfer, but I, I'll just figure it out there. And like, I'm spending, I only have so much limited time to golf. <laughs> I'm going to go to the course. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But seeing this electronic, uh, you know, apps, Mike likes his apps. Love the apps. <laughs> Download many apps, <laughs> big apps guy. Uh, <laughs> but it would make it more fun, especially for me. And then we also talked about it last time for juniors, you know, for like, uh, they can, oh, look at this. I'm playing a video game, but doing physical activity. Like, <laughs> oh, they, yeah. They must love it. Uh, I, I think Trackman Range is the future of golf practice. You know, Trackman Range, there, there's another product out there, I, Top Tracer. Um, and, and, and I think both are probably great. Uh, Trackman is kind of the, the top technology out there, though, for ball tracking. I think it's phenomenal. Um, I think it is the future of golf um, in terms of practice and, 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 you know, finding other ways to spend time at the club that you, that you've invested in. Right. Cause, and I think it's, it's, it, you know, it, it, I would say this is uh, you'll certainly see our younger demographic members embrace that more than our older demographic. I think that was obvious when we mm-hmm. bought it. Right. Or when we invested in it, but yes, the one thing about TrackMan that uh, I, I say this to a lot of our members all the time is, you, you it's hard for people to embrace the reality of TrackMan, mm-hmm. and the reality is, 
is that for most people, the ball does not go as far as they thought yes. it does. Oh. Yeah. So that one eight iron, that you had a bit of a fluffy lie out of the rough and you just nuked it 165, okay? Right. That's not your eight iron yardage. <laughs> your eight iron yardage is probably around 150 to 155. Right. Mm -hmm. Trackman reveals that. And uh, it's, it's a good reality to live in because yeah. if you really want to score better, knowing your exact numbers is so important. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say this, like, uh, you know, I'm not as connected with the junior crowd here in the last two years. And, and I, that's one part of my job that I really miss because I, I just love coaching juniors so much, but I still, I still have a couple that I spend time with. And one of them is my daughter and my daughter uses TrackMan range uh, religiously. And she knows her exact numbers for every club. Yeah. And I think that's a huge benefit to her mindset on the golf course because she can have a much higher level of trust knowing exactly how far that ball's going to go or how, how far it shouldn't go. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah. TrackMan range is an amazing practice tool, but there's also tons of games on the app that you can play that challenge you and are also a ton of fun. And yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's it, it, like, Really, twenty years ago, you did you ever think that that would be available to us on a driving range? <laughs> no, like not like, at are all. You kidding me? Right? <laughs> not at all. Like it's that thing can read. Uh, we have three radars, so our range is 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 so big is big enough that it, or the size that requires three radars. Okay, is, if a bigger range would need four, five, six, seven, mm -hmm. but three is the minimum. So our range suffices for three, and that, I think that thing can then can pick up 55 balls in the air at the same time. Wow. And feed them back to 55 phones. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, you gotta be kidding. I don't even know if NORAD could do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is the same technology that tracks missiles. So, <laughs> so you, it's pretty sophisticated technology. Yeah, defense minister to get that track. Manual. Yeah. But, uh, Hopefully we're not on some list or something like that. <laughs> now we are. Yeah. And then, uh, what was the, there was, um, um, the putting, yeah, the putting thing was really, I mean, I really interesting to me, but it was kind of, did it just take over an office in the pro shop there, it seemed to seemed to look like, or, or, or what happened uh, there? Because I remember getting a chance to see that, and I forget who was talking about it, but they mentioned they were doing a putter fitting, which is something I never heard of until maybe last year. Right. And they're like, oh yeah, well, my putts keep on going. Maybe it was Goodwin who was mentioning it, and mentioned, yeah, well, you're actually like closing the face by like a degree or the club, like the actual putter face was closed just a little bit, which is why you're pulling them left. Mm. Like just being able to... Something you never see with yeah. your naked eye. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, well, that's, there's your problem right there. So you guys have brought up something that really gets my emotions going here. <laughs> I am a putting freak. <laughs> I study, I study putting. More than anyone I know, other than maybe David Orr, who is one of the guys that I have spent some time with and really admire for his skill level in teaching putting. But uh, I bought Quintech. Um, you know, my wife runs the back end of my, our business and does all the accounting, and I buy these things, and she <laughs> questions me endlessly about my sanity because Quintech is not a cheap piece of technology. Okay. But I believe right now we're, we're Quintech, we're one of three people that own a Quintech in the country. But yes, it is like a, a it is like a, a, a um, you know, uh, what am I? I'm, I'm looking for a word here. Uh, it is like a, a, a the, it figures out the DNA of your putting, right? It takes you to the ultimate level, and it is uh, what I would say is I, I think that people who don't get fitted for a putter 
are borderline crazy. <laughs> because here, here, and here's I'll explain this. Because as a golf pro, I stand and I've watched, I've watched ball flight for a million hours, okay? And I've watched the numbers correlating to that ball flight on a track man for, or, or a foresight, we use foresight here for our fittings, on a foresight for a long time. So if one of you guys pulls a driver and I watch you swing five times, I can probably go to our fitting tools and find you a shaft and a head and a loft and then watch the ball fly and then make a couple adjustments and fit you, uh, I would say, very accurately with my eyes, mm. like quite accurately. Mm. You know, you can see the little ballooning if it's spinning too much or if your dispersion's off, we make a few tweaks and da da da, da. With putting... There isn't a person in the world that has a clue if that putter is good for you by watching you hit a couple putts because it is so intricate, but it can make such a difference. Like I, I, I we fit Adele putters as well. And I probably fit over a hundred Adele putters. I tell the story to everyone who gets fit. I have had two people aim their current putter at the hole from six feet out of a hundred. One of them was Robbie McMillan. Okay. Makes a lot of sense right there. <laughs> yeah. Like that added up. I'm like, yeah, I, I would take a lucky guess that he had a putter that he aimed at the hole because he makes millions of them, right? And the other one was Dean North. Okay. So Good company. He's a good putter as well. <laughs> Everybody else, like we have people who, who don't hit the hole. They, they miss the hole by six inches from six feet. How do you possibly expect to make a putt mm -hmm. if that is what your aim pattern is? Yeah. So. I, I could go on forever about this, but I'll just say that Quintech is an amazing piece of technology that I feel so lucky to have. I love putting people on it. And um, and uh, putter fitting to me has had the most impact to those who have got fit for putter than any other club in their bag. That's what I truly believe in. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a cool little thing that we do here. And so that would be accessible only to members, I'm guessing. And podcasters. <laughs> we, and podcasters, yes. We would love to fit you guys up for a putter. But we, uh, no, we do, we do take, we do do fittings with uh, uh, folks outside of the membership. Okay. It's just, it's just, we, 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 we certainly give a higher priority to our members. And we have done a few of those fittings. We try to keep them to the shoulder parts of the season or off season and, and, and that. But we have done that. It's, it's sometimes beneficial for people to come out here and kind of see what we do out here because you never know who's going to decide to join the club. Yeah. And we do, you know, we like every club does some cool things, but we like to think we're good at the cool things that we do. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and putter fitting is, is something that I, I don't think I like, I, I don't, there's no one who does it the way we do it here. And, and unless they have a Quintec. <laughs> so the other two people in Canada, maybe that have. Yeah. Have I think, it, I think Paul, Paul Hurian is the inventor of Quintec and a really, his knowledge just freaks me out. But uh, yeah, I think he told me we're two, two or three or something like that. Okay. Wow. That's impressive. pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. think the TrackMan was pretty limited too. Yeah, I thought as it was. Far as, yeah, that's uh, growing yeah. though. Courses yeah. in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, TrackMan. As soon as soon as some folks in Vancouver saw Point Point, Point Grey and what they had, I think there's mm. a few oh, driving yeah. ranges in Vancouver or Calgary that are starting to pop them up. It's becoming a in demand thing. Yeah. Well, I you mentioned uh, you brought up your your daughter who she's got to be one of the best amateur golfers uh, in the province. And yeah, well, she's not a quite fifth, there what, yet. 15, yeah, but, but like she, yeah, she didn't she win the last year? She won the match play, didn't she? At the end of the year, yeah. yeah, which is pretty impressive. I don't know if anyone has been younger than that to, to win a match play event, but yeah, I've never asked that question, but it, it crossed my mind a few times. So, did she learn everything from you then, or is she kind of like, oh, I'll take some of dad's advice and uh, maybe try my own thing? Well, I'll say this uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, 
every coach likes to think that they're hundred percent responsible for their student <laughs> success okay? in some kind of fantasy ego driven world. And that is not the truth, but I am so fortunate that I have such a nice relationship with my daughter that she actually uh, just, she wants, she does want to spend time with me learning like, like, and it's kind of interesting how we carry it. And I think this is the ultimate coaching scenario. I was talking about this with our staff the other day and not everyone has access like this, but we really never have lessons longer than 15 minutes Mm. because, but I do give her constant feedback. You know, when I'm out here, I can sneak out to the range for 10 minutes and just say, Hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what we're working on. Check in. How does it feel? Looks good to me and move away. She needs that time to be alone, to discover for herself, make the mistakes. The reality of it is you're on the golf course for four hours and you don't have someone to help you, especially in amateur, especially in junior golf. Mm -hmm. Right. So she needs to be that way. But yeah, it's, 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 it's intermittent feedback, which I think is the ultimate way. Um, and, but yeah, we, 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 like, yeah, we've spent a lot of time on her golf swing in the last, since she really, she only really got serious about three years ago. We spent a lot of time on that. Okay. I had one more question, Mike, but did you have anything else? Mm, well, no, well, I just wanted to touch on, uh, the <laughs> LPGA Canadian mm-hmm. women's open. Yeah. Uh, cause that's always a, a fun, fun topic to bring up. Probably, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I've only been doing this for two years, but probably one of the biggest events that's come to our province from professional golf in the recent years. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about that? I mean, we've heard a few stories of it. The uh, Woods Nine getting the shaft as the parking lot. <laughs> the I think parking it was. lot on the Woods <laughs> Nine. The yeah. mosquitoes were bad uh, a little bit. Oh, the mosquitoes! Yeah, the, uh, unfortunately, CBC seemed to latch onto that for coverage for about four hours. <laughs> no, yeah, I wish they would have kind of made, been a little kinder. But anyhow, it's, they did, it's Winnipeg. They did a great it's job. By the river, they had, they had to cover what was happening, and that did happen. We can't deny that. So CN Women's Open, um, it's phenomenal. Um, To be able to be at a club that can bring an event like that to the province is, again, another one of those amazing work experiences that you don't get everywhere. Um, In 2010, our members, amazing how our members embraced that event. Mm -hmm. Um, um, You know, all in, volunteerism, everything. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's really really awesome. I, I think, I think when people come to that and you have to see it live, you, you understand how talented, um, the LPGA players are there. There is no difference between them and the men in terms of mm-hmm. talent right. other yeah. than power. Yep. Right. And that, and that's a fact, mm-hmm. right. But you know, it, it is, I had a conversation with someone today exactly on this topic and, and, and it is puzzling to me how there are less young girls that play golf than boys. Mm-hmm. It, it does puzzle me. I understand the challenges, but when you see the the LPGA Tour and the, and the, and the, the talent that's out there, you'd like to think that hosting an event like that in Winnipeg would become a little bit infectious that way and create, mm-hmm. create some enthusiasm locally. And that would be one of the many intents of holding it, but that would be the one that I would really like to see is I'd really like to see the, the women's amateur have 100 players and not 30. Right. And the, and, the, and the girls' junior be strong enough to have its own separate date, right? right. Well, well, sorry, it does. Uh, yeah, no, and it goes along with the boys, right? And it'd be nice to have a field big enough to say, hey, the Manitoba Junior girls is at this course and the boys at that course, right? It'd be nice to get there one day. For sure. And I know Golf Manitoba and everyone, all the golf pros are trying. It's just a tough right. nut to crack. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think I've, um, we've been kind of chatting about this as well of just how to kind of keep this growth of the game going, but we haven't really touched on, you know, whether, you know, male or female, but yeah, you're right. When you look at some of the, the female amateur competitions that go on within Gulf Manitoba and other provinces as well, it's the same thing where you'll get like a quarter of the field for, you know, the, the women, as mm-hmm. opposed to the men who are, you know, will have a, a full tee sheet Yeah. and, uh, having a daughter myself, a young one, it would be like, yeah, it'd be, you know, wonderful thing to kind of show them this game that, you know, we love and love to talk about and is probably one of the greatest games on earth because it's no one else to rely on but you, just you versus the course. I think it can teach a lot. And it's also a great babysitter, as I think I've mentioned right. every episode yes. as well, to uh, kind of get them, <laughs> yeah. drop them off and just <laughs> yeah. say, hey, go play all day, you know, go have your fun. But I, I even see it now, and maybe it has to do with, you know, some of the dress code restrictions, maybe relaxing a little bit, but I, I'm starting to see more and more women get into golf, which oh, yeah, is which is a sure. good thing. And is that kind of what you're seeing yourself in this kind of trajectory that we're on with golf right now, uh, trending upwards? I certainly hope so. And mm-hmm. I, I think there, I, I don't know the numbers, but I read in our uh, kind of a report from Golf Canada, I think even during COVID women's participation skyrocketed quite a bit. And uh, there's nothing more than you'd like to see is for that segment of golf to uh, to increase, you know, and not just competitively, recreationally. Not everyone who plays mm-hmm. golf has to go play in a tournament, right? right? So it, it would be really great. My my last question before we get into the back nine, unless you had some more no, follow-ups. No, I'm at it. Is I just wanted to know what you have in your bag right now. What what sticks are you using? Oh, well, I, I you know, I'm a ping guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 have a, I have the, you know, the 425 driver. Three wood hybrid. And Did Brooke uh, sell you on those ones? I think didn't wasn't she out here for a fitting at one point? Uh, not or a fitting, but she, she was out here for a whole day. That was yeah. an amazing, amazing thing in its own. If I can comment on that, sure. she she was, she she got. It's funny. We organized this whole day for with her coming out here, and then I got a call at seven o'clock that night saying that her flight was delayed because of lightning in Toronto. Oh, and so we had to push everything back right the, the 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 event on the golf course and and she was she showed up i swear she, i don't know what how much sleep she had it could have been more than 4 hours i think they mm. slept in the airport oh my god wow. right and uh, she shows up and was absolutely unbelievable mm. like extra time with the she did a clinic extra time with the kids that came to the clinic signing autographs taking pictures on the golf course for 12 holes with our members who who um, you know kindly made a donation to charity to play with her and uh, and uh, she was just like smiling in the greatest mood like she is an exceptional human being mm-hmm. and uh under those circumstances she even she, like she just totally rose to the occasion and uh I'll tell you a quick story about Mm -hmm. how good uh, a player these women are Mm -hmm. is we're doing the clinic. I'm emceeing it. A bunch of people there. I put the foresight down and uh, I say, you know, Brooke, do you mind if you just hit a few drivers for us and we'll we'll look at the data. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so she hits three drives or sorry, this prior. And she goes, I go, so how far do you carry your driver? She goes, "Mm, about 250. So she hits three drives. Carry yards were 250, 250, and 251. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. So, uh, like, there's no way that her talent level is any different than a, a PJ Tour player. It's just mm-hmm. that there's the power there's the power component of it. Yeah. yeah. I think we even saw that come up. I think it was a DP World Tour event where it was both men and women, and they playing the same course. I think the tees are a little bit different, but mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, she is a Swede, and she won by like 10 strokes or something. It was like that. I mean, yep. I might cool. maybe wrong with that, but yep. I, I think that would also be good for growing the game, and I think someone else mentioned that, 
uh, as well of, you know, maybe having some more, maybe it was you kind of make golf more fun Yeah. to, yeah. Um, oh, you know, have simultaneous tournaments, whether it's LPGA and PGA at the same time. I think that would be kind of good. Maybe cut the fields in half. So right. it's like a, a mixed doubles. Is that what they call like it in curling? <laughs> right. or like, yeah. Is that yeah. What it is? yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's an Olympic event. So, hey. I think curling is anyways. I think it'd be really cool yeah. to see that event, and then kind of get really the, cool. the airplay because it is. It's great watching. You know, you throw on Golf Channel, and the LPGA is pretty much on there every weekend, and it's it's still it's it's golf. Nelly Gorda paired with uh, Rory McIlroy. I think you'd have quite, I think you'd have quite a crowd, and you have a, quite a few people who never watch LPGA live. Probably be amazed at what she could do. Yeah. Which yeah, you all yes. Well, even just you know the um, what's the one where they they play with the their dad. Uh, like the father's son? The PNC champions. Oh, yeah. yeah. PNC champions. So it would be kind of like that. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Right. I don't know. Lots of people watch that and it's like, you're really just watching. Well, they're not all juniors that are playing. Some of them are older. Hello. BJ's son is 60 years old. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But Sorry, yeah, there are BJ. a lot of uh, different format things. Yeah. That Maybe we'll pitch it to the PGA and we'll bring them here yeah. and it'll be... PGA that and LPGA, same course. Here we go. That quickly leads yeah. into one more question. Yeah, I don't want to go too long here yeah. because we still got uh, half of our meal here and, <laughs> and a backline light, night lightning round. Um, you know, after all these uh, uh, renovations are done, do you, should we expect any uh, tournaments, whether it be professional or amateur, <laughs> coming this way? I, I would say that uh, St. Charles is. L- l- likely interested in, 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 in the CP women's open again at some point. Mm. I do hope that we get it. I, I can't speak for all of our members and our board at this time, but I, I think there is an enthusiasm for that out there. Mm. It'd be you great. Know, it, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a sacrifice. You give up your golf course for a couple of weeks, but once every eight to 10 years, it will be a little past that date at this time, but it, it, it's, and again, it's great for the club, but it's it, it's great for Winnipeg, right? Because yeah. it's it's a it's a once off opportunity to see the best players in the world, right? We don't have a an annual LPGA event, so it really creates a lot of excitement when it's you know only every so often, mm-hmm. right? So that would be that would be phenomenal for us if that were if we were to be fortunate enough to get that again. Nice, we'll, we'll be put cool. in the petition. Yeah, sign the petition. Bring it back. <laughs> we'll get Brace Matlashewski to do. To start it out. So you want to get into the back nine lightning sure, round? Okay, yeah, let's do it. We'll get into the uh, back nine lightning round, and it is for Brace Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Brace at 204-515-3446. And did you have any Brace Matlashewski stories? Before we get into it, no, it's all right. We don't want to put you on the spot there. It's fine. But all right, so we got some nine-ish rapid-fire questions. We'll try and get through Uh-oh, it. Oh, should I be yeah. nervous Corey, about no, this? No, no, no. no. Can I call oh, you? Does anyone call you CK? We've been finding that. Right, nicknames. There's Fun all nicknames. initial nicknames in this golf industry. Wow. Uh, no, EJ and, uh, no, no one calls me CK. Okay, yeah, that's kind of an off one. But did you have a nickname, Cardi, or...? Uh, no, this is this is uh, this goes back to my Saskatchewan days, but most uh, most golf pros call me Box or Boxy. Boxy, oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, a, that's actually a legit nickname as opposed to yeah. just taking initials or right. Yeah, and I didn't make it up on my own. <laughs> that's good, Boxy. Well, I won't even ask. But, <laughs> Thank uh, you. First one, uh, <laughs> but it is a good nickname. Yeah. Like, uh, have you ever got a hole in one? Yeah, yep, yeah. I got three, three. Very cool. Are they all here? Or are they? Uh, no, one, one at the Wascana and two here. Mm, nice. Yeah. 
How old were you when you got your first one? I got my first one when I was 17, and it was on the seventh hole of the Wascana. There was water on the right. Great golf hole, 160 yards. doesn't exist anymore because they renovated the golf course. But I pulled a dead left, scared of the water, bounced off of a rake, screamed across the green, and bounced into the hole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like the hole in one that you like. You but know, that's got a, right, that's almost a, a better story yeah. than uh, just yeah. dunking it in there, maybe. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was a substandard shot. That's amazing. <laughs> so you're saying so no there's bread. a chance. Yeah. <laughs> More rakes on the course. and uh, yeah, The guys in my group were way more excited than me because I was like, well, that's not the way the first one should go in. Like, that's a, it's not good, but they were happy to take it. That's funny. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, what is your preferred golf ball brand or model? Oh, Titleist for sure. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I tell this story a lot. When you have the opportunity to go through the, the factory, which I have, um, um, and I've been there twice, we were out for dinner after, and I said to all the golf pros that I was with the first time, I said, you know, I said, if you go through that factory, say you took like, like say you took 20 golfers through that factory, and you, you monitor their purchase habits after, and if any one of them bought any other golf ball than a Titleist, I think they should be like banned from golf for a year. Because <laughs> when you look at the quality and the passion and the history that they put into making that golf ball, you walk out of that factory going, well... That's unreal. That's like it's cool. a, it, it's unreal. Yeah. So, uh, um. I think I've seen that tour before. Where where is it again? Um, oh, that is in. Uh, where okay. are they? They're in. Oh, just outside of Boston, Fair Fairhaven. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It was on my waiting my for our invite bucket list of manufacturing <laughs> tours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I would put that. I put that as number one. It's it's, it's pretty cool. That's cool. <laughs> are you a Pro V or Pro V One X or does it matter to you? You know, I, I say this to Robbie all the time, our Titleist rep. He's like, what do you want to play, Pro V1 or Pro V1X? And I'm like, I don't think I'm good enough to tell the difference. <laughs> but right now, I'm currently the X. Okay. And um, for some reason, it uh, that's what I go with. But there yeah. is a difference. But it's just, you know, it's very subtle. Mm -hmm. Tour player, for sure. Mm -hmm. Playing, you know, golf one, one and a half times a week. Uh, I just... No, I, I think it's more up to me than the ball right. as to what happens out there. <laughs> certainly, certainly. This one, you might have a biased answer. What is your favorite course to play in Manitoba? Oh, well, okay. So let's take St. Charles out of the mix. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yep. Because uh, I do think, especially post-renovation, that St. Charles Ross McKenzie is going to be something pretty special. Before you ask, you got a favorite nine, Ross McKenzie. Yeah, I like the McKenzie. Okay. I, I just, I, I think Alistair McKenzie, I think the, the, the approaches and the greenside shots are just a, a little more, um, there's a little more roll to the ball, a little more interesting. Cool. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, the, I, 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 and I apologize to every golfer who's a friend of mine who isn't at this <laughs> golf course, but I think Elmhurst is the best play in town, yep. uh, you know, aside from here, I think. Um, uh, Elmhurst is just a great golf course. Um, boy, uh, uh, he, he calls for every shot. Test your driver. You got to hit good, a few good long irons. You got to hit a few good short irons, and the greens are really interesting. So I, it, I played there twice this year, actually, almost as many times as I played here. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, it, it is, uh, it's a great play. That's awesome. We've heard that answer yes. quite a few times. Yeah, I think as well. Aaron Cockrell. I think he mentioned uh, Elmhurst. Was that yeah? Elmhurst was his most favorite favorite as a, like a tournament. Yeah, course tournament course. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I can see how we think that Elmhurst great great routing. Do you have a, a bucket list course in Manitoba that you've just never been able to get out to that you'd love to play? Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to Granite Hills in Canada today uh, late in the evening to take my daughter for a practice round, and that's uh, probably the one that I haven't played that I would like nice. to see. 
Very cool. Yeah. That was Cockerel's, I think, second answer. Yes. Funnest course to play. So you, yeah. you must have interviewed him before. We <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I chat with him once in a while when he's out yeah. here, so we got a vibe. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I did ask him to caddy for, for me for the mid-am, although right. yeah, but the mid-am he said no. That, uh, yeah, same health. thing with uh, yeah. the Weird. women's amateur. Same time. Oh, Can't yeah. believe he turned you down. <laughs> well, you don't want to carry the two, four beers that I'll have in the bag, but <laughs> right. that's a different story. <laughs> um. So I'm sure uh, with the McKinsey Society, you've been able to play a lot of awesome courses. Yeah. Could you give us a most memorable course? And maybe it's not even one of those courses. And you can give me a top three, but... Uh, wow, I love this question, but it's so hard. <laughs> I don't want to use the stock answer, but I'll use the stock answer. Is is The most memorable golf course is Cypress Point because of the anticipation to get the opportunity to play there. <laughs> and what you realize the first time you play there is that the inland holes, you know, one through 13 are, <laughs> they don't get enough play. You know, you hear about Cypress Point, it's, it's, it's uh, 15, 16, 17, you know, get a lot of, of the accolades. Well, I think of the tree. Mm -hmm. right. Right. That seems to show up in all the pictures, right? Right on the ocean there. Yeah, and it's, it's, um, it, it, it is that like you get chills down your spine when you stand on the first tee, like you, you just do. And then you get another more chills down your spine when you stand on the 15th hole, which could be, in my opinion, I think it's a better hole in 16. Hope people at Cypress Point don't get mad at me for that. But I think the 15th <laughs> is the best short par three in the world. Like the 15th hole is just like, oh, it's so good. Like, How'd you get on there? I guess you know some people. Kenzie Society. Oh, that's what it was. So we played okay. we played an event there and then he, he, I, I've been there a couple other times, you know, lucky enough to, uh, to, uh, uh, been invited to play there a couple other times wow. by the pro there. Yeah. What's the course that starts with a P that's in the McKinsey Society? It's Past like, Temple. Yeah. Okay. That came up a lot in this this oh. article and stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that's McKinsey lived on the course there. So I, he did. Yeah. Right on the 12th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. cool. He is did. It, wow. It's a nice course. I'm Pass sure, sure it is. So th this is so <laughs> such dangerous conversation because <laughs> golf architecture is such a such an emotional thing. But I'll I'll say this: if you take oceans out of play, okay, mm -hmm. and mountains, like take away all of that stuff and just mm -hmm. look at a golf course for its its beauty, for hole by hole, and shot values. Pass it, Tiempo could be the best one through eighteen routing that I've ever played. Mm. It's tight mm. with Royal Melbourne, right? right? There's so many. There's so many other ones. Like it's hard to list them. But yeah, past Tampa could be cool. could be it. You could probably list all 15 on the that the members list of uh, the McKinsey uh, mm, Society. They're all good. But, like they're all uh, great, right? But mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to say that because because they're all great. It's mm -hmm. just it's a fine line between all of them. Um, next one here. Do you got a you got a bucket list course anywhere in the world? That I haven't played yet. Yeah. Mm. Oh boy. Good question. I would have to say, oh, I have to say, I'd have to say St. Andrews. That's a good answer. Yeah. I, I've never been to Scotland. I'd like to get over there and play a bunch, but just to be able to play that golf course, um, I, I hear it's an amazing golf course, but also just with the history and mm -hmm. I, 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 yeah, I, I got to get there one day. You can take Mike and he'll show you around. Cause yeah, here we go. We're, we're going to give Mike a podcast cause he was there and he played. You played. I yeah. played. Nice. Mm -hmm. It was very cool. I bet. I bet yeah. you that was an experience. We can have all experiences. We can have an hour yes. conversation <laughs> after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can tell oh, you we're all. Doing about a little it. tour with Mackenzie. <laughs> exactly. Still light up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, we got to wrap it up. We're gonna go for a tour now. Uh, what's your career low round? I I shot sixty three at uh, in a tournament at uh, Tor Hill Golf Course in Regina. 
So Whoa, uh, that's pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good day. Uh, yeah, yeah, had a nice, really nice one. Uh, this is kind of my uh, wild card mm. question, and, and it's kind of silly. But uh, so, yeah, you know, St. Charles is kind of almost like a, a mysterious fairy tale like place. And I feel <laughs> like that, you know, not everyone's been in here, you know, and there's a great history and all this mm. stuff. I was curious if there's any like secret passageways or <laughs> secret tunnels <laughs> under the <laughs> under the river or like, you know, there's like uh, barrels for the for the. Whiskey that came in. Yeah, bootleg. <laughs> bootleg whiskey. Yeah. Bootleg. I guess there was no... Uh, uh, alcohol was not illegal in Canada, so I guess there was no bootleg or something. Yeah. But well, anyway, secret I, passages. No, but I, Braden did tell me that once when they were renovating a part of the golf course that they dug up an old pistol... Oh, really? Wow. Now it was in, not in any shape to to keep around or anything like that because right. it had been damaged over time. But it was components of an <laughs> pistol. old pistol. Yeah. So we had wow. uh, you know I'm sure they they had skeet shooting out here and all that stuff back in the day. Yeah. And so wow. there you go. It could have been is- Alistair McKenzie's Colt. Put it in the history books. Yeah, he came here packing heat. Uh, so our last our flagship question in the back mm-hmm. nine lightning round. What is your favorite condiment? Mm, we have a few wow. out here too because we noticed condiment, you put yeah. what was that? that? You put Louisiana hot sauce on your yeah. fish tacos. Is that what it was? Yeah, no, but that's not my favorite. Okay. Uh, we, uh, that that uh, what's that? Uh, the Cholula sauce. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we got that answer. Is that or not? Yeah. The uh, Brad Curtin has yes. Cholula. It has that wooden top on it, right? Yeah, that's, that's a right. Hot sauce. Mm, yeah, that pretty much goes on it. Lid on it. Yeah, that's wow. good stuff. Interesting. Hot sauces are taken. Uh, taking the the win here in season two yeah definitely for this question yeah. is like hot sauce like a staple for you or does it matter what type are you usually no, like, not on everything but when it's trying, appropriate yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's awesome yeah. yeah right on well that's great that wraps yeah. it up yeah that wraps up the back nine lightning round for bryce matt Lashuski, who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204 204- 515-3446. And uh, as always, this has been a slice. We're going to enjoy some more of these eats. And you're also going to get an 8-inch custom DQ cake Sweet. from the Nick and Nikki group mm-hmm. of DQs. And you can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba or visit them in person. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville and the newly renovated DQ St. Anne's Road. And thanks again. We really appreciate this. And yeah, we'll get out there. We'll go for a little tour around the the McKenzie restoration. That sounds like a lot lot of fun. Yeah, thanks a lot, Corey. Hopefully those uh, fish tacos aren't colder than that ice cream cake that you'll get later because we've been making (laughs) you. We've been talking a lot. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a great conversation. So thank you for for having us out here. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. Thank you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo! Brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. 
DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats. <laughs>